Welcome again, friends, to the Forest Spirituality Podcast. My name is Julie Brett, and I'm creating these podcasts to share with you some of the ideas and experiences I've had in relation to creating my jewellery from my label, Forest Spirit Jewellery. It's a spiritual adventure for me, and for many of you too. So here, we're going to be talking about all things spiritual, as well as talking about nature, creativity, crystals, and our personal development journeys. I'm super new to this, so you'll have to bear with me as I learn the ropes, but I'm very excited to share with you ideas and chats and with some of the amazing people I've met along the way. Well, today I'm sitting here with Emily Holstein, who owns and runs Gnostic Rocks, Gnostic Forest and Bunch here in Woiwoi on the Central Coast in New South Wales. She runs the shops along with her mother, Mary Holstein, and has been involved with the wonderful little community here with a bunch of stores called the Gnostic Corner since your family yeah. opened them in... For about you were, 16 years. Yeah, right, really long time. Mm-hmm. So i got to tell you guys, it's a pretty special place here. Um, they have the most amazing little bunch of shops. With um, They sell all spiritual books and music and crystals and um, jewellery, including some of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got a cafe and there's a, a herbalist. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, what else have you got here? There's the hemp store, there's a the flower shop. Um, yeah, just a little co-op of shops. There's about yeah, 10 of us organic all place. And yep. is there yoga here as well? Yeah, yoga, yeah, yoga as well. Yep. So heaps of amazing things. Just a really awesome place to come and visit and have a recharge. Mm-hmm. I just love it here. So what an amazing place to be a part of. So can you tell me a little bit about the history mm, of the place sure, and what sure. it's been like to be a part of it? Because it's been a family thing for you. It has. So, so mum opened it, mum opened the first shop, which was Gnostic Forest, the spiritual shop. Um, yeah. In, I think about 1998 yeah, and at right. one point there were three Gnostic forests on the central coast that were all spread around and then we decided to consolidate and just simplify our lives and we came back to the one store in Woiwoi yeah. and then from there it grew so the cafe next door became available so we took it over and then there was a building empty and I opened the organic shop in the healing centre with a girlfriend of mine when I was 19 yeah. And then it's just grown and expanded as people have wanted to be a part of it. So awesome. it's really organically. And it's a really family evolved. business too. So you're, you and your yeah. mum run this, this shop and yeah. you said your brother. My siblings run the cafe. Yeah. yeah. Or two of my siblings run the cafe. Um, so yeah, it's kind of grown from one family, but now we've got a lot of people who are involved. Yeah, because there's family, a lot of feel like it. other really cool independent shops around here. It mm-hmm. feels like a really amazing little spot to just come and experience, like mm. have a little spiritual experience. Yeah, which so, is yeah. surreal to say because it's such a big part of my life. Like I've spent more than half my life here, yeah. so I don't think of it as unique anymore. And then people from outside come in and go, "Oh, that's right." Like, yeah, right. not every town has a Gnostic <laughs> corner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, for me, like I came here and I thought, "Wow." this is really something special going mm. on here mm. and I love that word Gnostic that and mm. and it says what knowledge through experience yeah. on the sign so it's so from which a, is what Gnostic means right yeah, yeah it's from a, a Greek word Gnosis which is mm. knowledge through experience and the Gnostics were a group that was around in about the 13th century and they branched off from the Christians they believed that Jesus was a really important teacher but there were lots of other teachers as well so they right. didn't disregard other teachings which was cool yeah I love yeah. that that it's like the especially when we're talking about spirituality mm. that you really can only ever experience spirit through gnosis, like yes. personal experience. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, I mean, the but, difference, I guess, is 
is yeah, reading something or hearing someone else talk about it, that's knowledge maybe, but then gnosis is like mm. your own biting the apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And so much it. of the way um, religion and belief systems has been transmitted is we're going to tell you and you're going to believe it as opposed yeah. to go out and find what's true for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. And they're the deepest experiences you have often out in nature when you talk to people where they really connect with something and they realise they're part in the whole and then everything shifts. Yeah, totally. Mm. Awesome. So why did you guys choose that word for this? It was about bringing people <laughs> those kinds of experiences? Hilariously, mum had chosen another name and it was already on the business register uh-huh. and she got really disappointed and thought, oh. And then she'd been doing studies in Rosicrucianism and Gnosticism. Yeah. And she thought, oh, well, maybe I could call it Gnostic Forest because the Gnostics used to hide information in the forests when oh. they were being challenged on their beliefs they'd, they'd hide the information in the forest oh i love that yeah. idea <laughs> but there's lots of really beautiful it's like you know having my thing called forest spirit that's mm. like oh yeah there's lots of really beautiful things around forests like the saying knock on wood yeah was because when you entered a forest it used to be they were quite um scary places quite mystical you know they were you know, robbers who could stop you and take everything you owned. But there were also elves and, and, you know, mystical beings in the forest that could challenge you. Yeah. So as you entered this, you came to the start of the forest, you would give an offering and ask for safe passage through the forest yeah, to the, right. the spirit of the forest. And so as time went on, we got busier, we had to get there, didn't want to stop and do a whole offering, so we'd just knock on the wood. Yeah, to, like knocking on a door. To, to say we're coming in. And yeah. knocking on front doors is that same tradition of asking for safe passage and being wow. welcomed. That's interesting. Oh, I love stuff like that. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Random little things. Yeah, so like is that part of – like so the Rosicrucian stuff – I don't really know a lot about the Rosicrucians. Is that part of your spiritual journey or um, what, no, what are you interested in? No, mum. That's okay. probably more mum. So growing up in this <coughs> environment, I started working in the shops when I was about 14 and I didn't get so much of an opportunity to go through the angsty teenager, you know, cop-out stage because I had all this information and knowledge around me that prompted me to seek my own truth. Yeah, wow, that yeah. must have been really interesting. Well, it was weird because you couldn't – not that I didn't, but there was less opportunity to have that tantrum. And well, it's hard to rebel when you're told you can just yeah, seek and find explore. Truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. It's kind of limitless. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a pretty cool experience. But I've read lots on... um, I was brought up Christian or Catholic. um, And mum and dad were quite involved in the Catholic church. Dad was an altar server. Mum was a catechist teacher. And uh, mum was given a copy... What's a catechist teacher? Like taking God, basically, to public schools. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they were both really involved. Kind of, yeah. Um, And so I was brought up in that environment and I could see the hypocrisy of it Mm. even as a small child. And we'd talk about things at home and then um, one of my school teachers gave mum a copy of The Holy Blood, The Holy Grail, which talks about the lineage of Jesus and the fact he didn't die. He went to France with Mary Magdalene and they had babies. Oh, okay. That's what Rosicrucianism is about, is it? No, it's just like another version of how history could be outside of what the Bible says. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and there's apparently lots of information around that. So that got me questioning there's the truth so of the much, Bible. isn't there? There's so Absolutely. many things. Yeah, I've been... Mm. My mum's my very Christian. Oh. And um, she's been encouraging me to go to her church because she thinks that it's, you know, that's what that's she thinks truth. is the thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been going along because I have a lot of, like, angst and issues over having left it. 
Oh. But but the whole process has been really healing for me, trying to see it like optimistically, trying mm. to see something that I can relate to in it. It's fascinating. But but mm. at the same time in doing that search, you realise there's just so many different ways that people look at it. There's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as much variety as in, in Christian tradition as yep. there is in you know anything absolutely yeah. and that's kind of the beauty of it. i read this quote years ago so my learning's kind of taking me down buddhist and zen paths like i'm really right. intrigued by eastern mysticism yeah but there was this quote and it said the <coughs> religions of the world are like pearls on a string and the thread that holds them together is truth yeah ah, oh, love that isn't yes. it beautiful but so there's a common thread through all religions and being here around all the books and, and it, yeah. that's taught me that yeah and i would say it's gnosis yeah. yeah, yeah. There's an experience, and it's ineffable, right? It's you can't mm. you can't quite describe it. Any description of it is limited. Yes. Yeah. And yet, if you felt it, you know. Yeah. And I wish there was. A it's like of... you know, you know that I'm I'm just this week realizing yeah. the significance of like that Adam and Eve eating the apple. Mm-hmm. You you gotta eat the apple to know. Yeah, and that's gnosis. So yeah, it's that's gnosis. That we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, that's. Mm. You can't. You can't. You can listen to a thousand descriptions of what an apple tastes like, mm-hmm. and hear other people talk about it, but mm. you're never going to really understand that until yep. you take it by yourself. So when I was a small child, Mum was ironing and the phone rings, and she says to me, "Emily, don't touch the iron. It's hot." And she left the room. So obviously, I go up and I put my palm face onto the onto <laughs> yeah. the iron, and that like it didn't matter yeah. it's very much that same thing until you do the action you don't know the truth yeah so until you live in experience you don't know what your truth is yeah for you sure can't take it for face value but yeah. i just love it as a small child i was like ah yeah mm. so yes eating the apple yeah eating. and learning the lessons yeah eating, mm. having a taste of that mm. so yeah so um so your journey's been in more buddhist things and stuff like that Driven by myself, yes. Yeah. So brought up Catholic, um, got into this environment when I was about 14, 15, had access to lots of different ways of being mum's study for herself and down the Gnostic yeah. Rosicrucian path. It was really amazing and really interesting. But myself, I love the idea of Eastern mysticism and the fact that um, the transient impermanent side of things. Like I yeah. love the idea that my body will break down and feed the earth one day. Yeah. That's awesome to me. Yeah, awesome. Mm. So um, just being present to your mind and how your monkey mind plays tricks with you. Yeah. Yeah, like driving here this morning, I was really nervous and thinking, oh, what am I going to talk about? And then I laughed at myself because I was worrying yeah. about something that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, so I just went, okay, we'll just talk about whatever. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's quite a different thing to, to your mum. Like what's it like when you're working together, creating this shop together? How do you negotiate between... Your different mm. belief systems when mm. your shop is such a spiritual because experience place. Because it's because of that Gnostic element. Of yes. It that, yeah, that, that brings it all together. It's not that either of us hold true. Like, we know that any belief is transient. So probably now, even though we've had different journeys, both of us would come to probably quite a philosophical background because yeah. we're talking to people all day. Like, we have Christians that come in the store. We have yeah. Muslims that come in the store. We have... Um, people who are Hindu, like there's all different belief systems that walk in the door every day yeah. and the common thread is seeking. Yeah. So that's the language of communication. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That really speaks to me. Yeah, with these, with these podcasts, I want to be exploring mm. that too. Mm. So that's really interesting that we're having this conversation. <laughs> I love it. Um, we make a magazine, um, Mum and I, for the corner. Yeah. And each 
um, each magazine we interview someone from a different religious background. Oh, okay. Um, with a series of questions that we call Soul Speak. And wow. it's looking at the thread of commonality between all the different religions, but also people's personal experiences with what their experience of the divine and their yeah. struggles spiritually. Yeah, because mm. like, as well as there being like this element of everybody's linked somehow, there's also that real depth of personal difference, I think. Mm. Like, we're not all the same being. We're mm. not experiencing it exactly the same. There mm. is that, like... Yeah, I love that. That's great. I've been pondering on it lately because of the internet and we've got access to all this different information. I think our differences are becoming less and less. We can see the commonality more because we can communicate with one another really easily now. Yeah. So it's... um. I think the world's becoming smaller and we're seeing the common threads more and it's making religion, to a certain extent, more and more redundant. Yeah. Because yeah, we're realising yeah. we're spiritual beings and it doesn't really well, matter really, what you call God. Yeah, it's really easy to find somebody else that has a different opinion and mm. be like, well, what's it like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And share ideas Even and realise yeah. they're the same as you and they have to wake up every morning and make their breakfast yeah. and we're the same. We all want to yeah, have friends and mm. get along and yep. find meaning in our lives mm-hmm. and, and be good to each other. Yeah. 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 Mm. Awesome. <laughs> so... Hmm, what else have I got here for you? I've thrown her off her questions. We've done <laughs> tangents. Well, we've just gotten into so many, so much stuff, and it's just so like holistic. Everything seems to be coming together mm. in that idea of gnosis, which is really cool. Mm. And um, yeah, I guess the other thing I wanted to ask about was your experience of your interactions with people that come into the shop. So, mm-hmm. just to tell you guys a little bit about the shop, it's got an amazing collection of crystals, like really, really mm. comprehensive, beautiful specimens like really really lovely things from like tiny little thumbnail little specimens t- yeah little mm. ones to lots and lots of tumbled stones beautiful crystal like larger pieces and some really unique interesting things that are hard to get and large big geodes and mm. as well as waterfalls and all kinds of stuff it's really worth a visit here it's very very cool mm-hmm. um but yeah so I was wondering like uh, for me, like making jewellery, I often get people coming to make a commission mm-hmm. and I love putting together combinations for what they're going through. Oh, and nice. Yeah, so like, you know, somebody comes and says, this is my journey and mm-hmm. I don't know what I need right now, but this is what I want to get and this is like the affirmation that I want to have in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I put together stones and make something for them that, that relates to that. So yep. I was wondering like how you maybe worked with that same kind of idea do people come to you and say oh, I'm looking for some kind of stone for this every single day yeah every and so what's day. that like for you it's really interesting and it's been a nice journey for me trusting my instincts especially in the last little while so we've had the crystals separate to the rest of the spiritual shop for probably about two and a half three years and trusting my instincts when someone walks in and I get a feeling and I don't my conscious mind doesn't understand why I'm suggesting something different to what they're verbalising. And then they'll read about this other stone and they say, oh, like that's the core emotion or that's something I haven't dealt with yet. Or So instinctively being with people and feeling what they need and then being brave enough to voice it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Awesome. Mm. So the intuitive side of things. But with the shop, because we've got such a selection, there's two very distinctive camps. So you've got the mineralogical, geological, 
um, gemological crowd, the rockhounds, who yeah. just want to know what the stone's chemical composition is, yeah. what country it was sourced from, um, what variety it is. Yeah, I ran into like so I did lapidary club mm-hmm. as well. So I ran into that kind of those kind of people. I'd, mm. I'd come in and say, yeah, I'm making you know spiritual crystal jewelry, and they'd be like, what? Why? What? Yeah. I don't get it. They're just They're rocks. Like, <laughs> yeah, but what kind of rocks have you got in your collection? As though you know they had a shelf in their room that had every. Like one of each. Yes. They wanted one of each of the yep. stones of the whole world. <laughs> Which is that, impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other side of it is the people who are seeking or who are feeling broken and they really want the crystals to mend their life. Yeah. And so you're walking in these two worlds. But to me, especially within the spiritual side of things, there's a real responsibility not to say to someone, this rock's going to fix everything for you. Yeah. Because it sometimes won't. you need yeah. mental health help yeah. or sometimes you need medical yeah. assistance. And so talking to people and getting them to reflect on the fact that the crystals are symbols and reminders that can prompt them into better um, patterns in their life. Yeah, so this brings me to the next thing I Mm. wanted to ask you was how do you feel crystals work? I mean, I Mm. feel they work the way that I feel they work. Okay. But I don't want to put words into your mouth. No, that's okay. What would you say about how it works? I did some research for this a while ago because you get people coming in every day challenging you saying, do they work? Yeah. So... We're made up of minerals and um, chemicals within our own bodies. Yeah. And I think that there's probably some aspects that are a, a recognition of that, almost like a homeopathic. You've got that oh, externally yeah. and that's going to have an effect. Then there's the colour effect. When you're in a blue room, you feel differently to when you're in a green room. Yeah. To when you're in a bright yellow room. Yeah. So you've got colour effect. You've got mineralogically having that mineral next to you. Like a lot of people have malachite for the high copper content to help them with stiffness in arthritic joints. Really? I didn't Mm. know about that one. Yeah. So there's that aspect to it. Um, It's it's having that little piece of nature. You know that experience we were talking about before when you Mm. connect with nature and you realise you're a part of the cycle of all things. Yeah. When you've got a little piece of nature and it's perfect and it's got this form and it's grown a certain way and it's got colours radiating through it, you have that sense of the sacred again. Yeah. And the, the mystery of nature and the perfection and imperfections of nature reflecting back at you. Yeah. And I think there's a knowing in that. Yeah, I find that too. It's mm. funny, yeah, the way you explain it. I mean, I, I probably haven't thought so much about the mineral content of mm. it. But I, I find that really interesting. Yeah. But definitely like the symbolic Mm. and uh, the the colour and how chakra colours work is just like, if you understand chakra colours, you mm. can understand um, a depth of knowledge of mm-hmm. how crystals are because mm. it's like about vibrations, isn't it? Mm. So, I found something really interesting yeah. out about chakras a while ago, and I don't know whether it's true or not, I need to do more reading on it, but that the knowledge of the higher chakras was only given to you once you understood really basic principles, okay. or not even basic principles, once you understood really involved the lower chakras, you couldn't have knowledge of the higher do you ones because you hadn't earned it. Do you mean the like throat, third eye and crown or mm-hmm. do you mean like the, no, the throat, other ones? No, throat, third eye okay, and crown. Right. So until you had a knowledge that was um, gnosis, that was completely mm. embodied, mm. you weren't able to ascend up to the next level. It was well, only yeah, you people. couldn't, could you, I guess? Mm. Well, you get people going, I want to be more intuitive. And I'm like, do you know how to exist yeah. on the earth yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still working that out. But you want to go up and spend a lot of time out yeah. there. Yeah, you've got to work it all out, mm. don't you? Yeah, and over the I'm, years being in this environment, yeah. seeing people who want to be more spiritual and want to be psychic. And I feel like saying to them, like, I've had conversations with our readers over the years who have been medicated by their parents because they were talking to someone that wasn't there. Yeah, right. So we want to go straight to the top and have these amazing ethereal experiences, but I reckon mm. the fun's down here. 
right. on the earth and connecting mm. with nature and well, what? yeah, it's all important. Not mm. any one of them is more important than any other. Mm. I think I s- it's 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 the rainbow of experience, mm. isn't it? Like, I suppose I've spent a lot of time with people who have. Um, it's almost like an escapism. They don't want to deal with their physical body and their trauma or what's happened here. They just want to have a nice time out with the angels and fairies. and Yeah. And it's almost a form of escapism. Okay. And I feel like saying, but hey, we're here, we're having a physical body, we're having these physical lives. Yeah. Don't negate that. Don't yeah. push it away. Well, yeah, I always talk about, I mean, like Kundalini rising mm. energy in the chakra system. So mm. just for anybody who doesn't know what Kundalini rising is, it's a process of awakening a serpent energy that's mm. coiled at the base of your spine um, and that moves up through your spine, through all of the chakras, awakening them one at a time to heal your life and bring you to an awakening of what spirit is. Mm. Um, so, yeah, going through those, you always start with the base. Mm. So that's like fixing your your what would you say, like your material life, like having a comfortableness with your being Mm. and being in your body and stable. Mm. And then it's about the sacral, the orange one, is about um, creative movement and Mm. change and action. And then Mm. the solar plexus is about your mental clarity and Mm. your ability to organise yourself. So they're like the worldly, worldly ones down Mm. at the bottom. And, um, yeah, so you're saying that... What have you been learning about them? Oh, I mean, I've been learning about them since I was about um, about fifteen. Wow! So, cool. uh, and I I got to about about twenty five or so, and went, mm. where is this coming from? I just sort of, I did, I had learnt so much about it mm. just by talking to people and doing meditation classes and going nice. to yoga class, and mm. and I was like, I don't even know where that came from, and then I started learning more mm. about it, and I went to uni and did like. Um, yoga, yogic philosophy and things like that and I was like That's ah cool. there it is yeah and yeah and then suddenly I was like oh my gosh there's this whole tradition that I've been basically believing mm. in and living for such a long time mm. and I had no idea where it came from so <laughs> but the fact that you had a remembering true. and a feeling of familiarity with yeah. it some people say maybe you had a past life no where... I think I, I had learned about it in my oh, life okay. but, it, but it had just felt so right like mm. when you know Annoying. anything anyone said about it I was just like yeah that's it mm. but then you come across it I think that that's so weird isn't it mm. I think that often that happens with us we have this really um inner knowing mm. that knows us experience mm-hmm. and then when we find a religious tradition to mm. follow it's just like oh that kind of fits my experience mm-hmm not necessarily the other way around. Mm. Yeah. Some people have a struggle though and that's people that we meet in the shop sometimes where they've been brought up within a certain religion and then they start to question it because their faith's been challenged like they're having yeah. a faith crisis point or something terrible's happened or they've found something that's more true right. and they feel this torn conflict, conflict yeah. of I have to reject what I was given by my family yeah. and by my culture yeah. because it's not true for me anymore well, yeah, rather than seeing yeah. themselves as an evolving being mm. and that it's all aspects of truth. Yeah, that's definitely what happened to me with Christianity when I was a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think that there's anything in it. Mm. And, yeah, it's interesting when you go back and kind mm. of realise that everything... Mm. everything is kind of true yeah and there's blessings <laughs> that come with each understanding so when you yeah. learn a little bit more you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. like i was brought up um 
in the Catholic faith and, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. These are all really good base work kind Mm. of things, the Ten Commandments. But then you can spring from that. Mm. And also you don't have to be limited by um, the history of that belief system or the the sins of that belief system, Mm. like, you know... Or or other people's opinions about that belief system. Mm -hmm. That's their experience Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. It's about your relationship with it, isn't it? So, And I feel like people are getting en masse more and more... They're waking up more and more to the fact that belief and truth is very subjective and personal yeah. and that um, you can live with people who have different beliefs to you and you can all be right Yeah, in that moment for yourself. Yeah. But well, I find like when, when I have conflict with people, the mm. best thing for me has always been to work out what we agree on Mm. rather than what we disagree on okay yeah i don't know and trying to say yeah okay well then what you know Mm. what are we going to do about Mm. being good people in the world yeah it's where we crash into each other and your belief systems have different behaviors and you have a hard time being around that behavior yeah Mm. yeah it's hard Mm. but yeah it's all part of the journey part of the human mystery yeah well like yeah i mean it's like delving into that stuff is where the juice is you know mm. that's where the good stuff is because it's fascinating mm. anything it's awesome. yeah that challenges so, you yeah it's really cool so um yeah we're probably coming to the end now so. <laughs> thanks so much for doing that's this all right. i've got a couple of last questions yeah, yeah far away um so oh we kind of did one of them, so it's just one last okay. question. <laughs> um, uh, so what is your favourite crystal today or life and why? <laughs> it changes every day yeah. because I find in the shop every day I'm learning something new. Like I've been working with crystals for about 16, maybe 17 years now. Yeah. So more than half my life. And every day I find something new about a crystal that I've seen every day for the last 16 years. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I'm going through a pyrite phase. I don't know why. There's just something about all the different forms. Mm. And I love that it forms in all the platonic solids. What's like, a platonic solid? So um, basically the building blocks of shapes within the universe. So oh. um, circles or spheres, triangles, squares. As, that, as in Plato, like the ideas? Probably. Yeah, probably. Right, okay. I need to do some more research on it. But... Most crystals have one or two forms that they grow in. Okay. But pyrites, you'll find pyrite suns. You'll mm. find pyrite cubes. You'll find marcosite, which is triangular. Wow. So it's all different shapes and forms, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. I like I that it's flexible like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. What, what does it mean for you? Pyrite. I don't know. I just think of it like the sun and happiness and, you know, okay. shining out and being in the world and maybe yeah. a little bit of abundance or that feeling of enough. Awesome. I always think of it as courage. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Even talking with people about what they feel about stones and how they make them feel. Yeah. Something I say to people in the shop all the time is um, the books will tell you one thing, but your feeling is more important. So... Vegemite, for example. Some people love Vegemite. We'll put it on everything. Others can only have a little scraping. Yeah. Others hate it with the yeah. fire of a thousand suns. So it doesn't matter if the book says this is exactly what you need. Yeah. If you don't like it, yeah. don't get it. Yeah. I find a lot of people love selenite. Mm. I can only wear it for like an hour at a time and yeah, I find wow. it too much. And then there's the whole selenite thing. I get onto tangents with crystals. <laughs> there's um, clear selenite and then there's satin spa gypsum, which everyone sells as selenite. Oh. But it's like selenite's cousin. It's the fibrous form. Oh, okay. Clear selenite is like, 
an energy unto itself. Oh. You merely play with you have to show that. me when we go out into the shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for interviewing That's me. That's all right. Did you have any news or anything that you'd like to share? Um, no, Got just to encourage up? people to come and explore their Gnosis on the corner, probably. Yeah. Like, come and, and find what's true for you have some free talks on and stuff as we well. We do. Every week we've got free talks. There's meditation classes here. There's yoga classes here. There's philosophy classes. Um, we've got the shops that you can explore and wander between. There's fresh flowers. There's incense. There's crystals. There's jewellery. There's books. And it's on the train line from Sydney. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> about a block from Woi Woi train station, so it's really, really easy to get to. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank All you. right. Well, thanks so much. <laughs> no worries. For that. It's been really great fun talking to you. I reckon we'll do it again sometime. Excellent. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you, everybody.